0: Welcome to episode four of Land Parties. I'm your host Ryan Smith, and with me, as always, is Lucas Egan. This podcast is being brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Ryan, how you doing today? Doing, doing well, man. We we had a busy week, and I know you've got we've got something that we're going to talk about here in a second. I am so proud
1: of Lucas. Uh, Tell, tell them tell him about the event, man. You know, so before we interviewed William Byron, uh, which was a great interview, by the way, super interesting story. Uh, he took a he raced against the fans and the media, and I'm very happy to tell you that you may call me the media's champion, as long as we don't count William Byron in that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, dude, that was that was awesome. Like I, I was I was there uh, as well, and I was shooting it. And, uh, I mean, Lucas, this was a NASCAR, uh, game, you know, the first time Lucas playing it, but what, what it turns out that nobody else, I mean, I was surprised by how many, like the media people that were there that were sitting there saying, I've never even picked up, uh, uh controllers or I've never played a game. It's like, that is nuts to me.
1: It is. And, you know, especially in this day and age to not have even played games, even a little bit was surprising. And I must say that did change my expectations a lot. I, uh, went from... Just saying, let's just finish. To I think I better beat these guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. No, that was fantastic. Again,
1: congratulations. Uh,
0: if you have not checked it out, I know you posted it on Twitter and I believe Instagram. So head over to Lucas's uh, Twitter and Instagram. Check it out. He did fantastic. We'll also put it in the video as well. Uh, moving on though, this was a big uh, weekend, especially in esports. We had uh, we had Overwatch League um, that that kicked off this weekend. We had the official i guess you can say uh call of duty league uh started up with the london open out there uh let's kind of go down a little bit and talk about because there were some surprising uh, uh there were some teams that i didn't think were gonna do so well and there were teams that i thought were gonna do so well and that wasn't the
1: case uh so what what is your analysis of this weekend you know let me start with call of duty um i was really surprised you know i missed their launch weekend a couple weeks ago in Minnesota. So this was the first event that I really got to sit back and watch and kind of take in. Man, they put on a heck of an experience. You know, the Call of Duty League has a lot of money behind it. Uh, each one of the 12 teams had to buy in for $25 million by their franchise owners. Uh, the commissioner of that league spent 12 years as an NFL exec. Uh, so they've got some big names behind it. They've got the experience behind it. But let me tell you something. The way they, that league showed and some of the trash talk that was going on, the fan interaction, man, that gets me excited for the, not only the future of that league, but I want to see esports headed that way just in general.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I think that's kind of indicative,
1: too, of just Call
0: of Duty in itself. If any of you played a Call of Duty part of the fun of playing online is the trash talking so to, to see that on that pro level uh that was awesome because yeah that's exactly what uh, call of Duty is about um now kind of previewing our interview later with Chris and he kind of discussed it a little bit uh, as far as with esports it's it's interesting seeing because you're not just having muggle muggle people or muggle teams uh coming in these are top tier teams the buy-in to even get into these leagues we're talking upwards of 25 million uh uh, so to, for them to put on a spectacle like, like they did, uh, to, to amp it up, I know this first one was in London. Um, I, I thought they did a fantastic job, and I thought it really showed some promise uh, in the future. I'm also curious to see, you know, what those, those – YouTube numbers look like compared to what we were seeing uh, when these esports were being broadcast on Twitch. I think that's going to be another interesting story uh, to track and and monitor. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I, I got to say for, for Call of Duty, um, congratulations, number one, to Chicago Huntsman. I know they got first, and then you had Paris Legion uh, second, and then uh, rounding out the top three was Dallas Empire. Uh, so I'm not going to lie, though. I, I was super busy this weekend. I didn't get a chance uh, to actually watch. I caught some of the highlights. Uh, and whatnot. But uh uh it's fantastic seeing this this uh league come out with a strong showing and and to secure, hey, we're here to stay and, and we're we're up in Annie for esports, uh both on the live streaming side and what they're doing physically uh down in the locations.
1: Yeah, you know, I think the uh, the method that they're doing, so each of the different franchises will host a home series, two of them, I believe, throughout the season here. And, you know, from everything I was reading, the fan experience is just a blast. There's a lot of uh, fan interaction that can happen. There's a lot for them to take in beyond just, obviously, the main draws of the matches. And, you know, I think that will be key to not only getting fans in the door to watch these top level play but giving them a chance to to do more than that you know you think of you think of a football game you go to a football game for the game obviously but there's the tailgating before and after and there's a lot more you can do there's the yeah. merch you can go buy you know there's it's it's a well rounded experience and i think overwatch or excuse me call of duty seems to have Nailed that on the head. I'm I'm really surprised, and and it's a really strong showing, I think. Well, and I think
0: that has to do with, too, look at the people that own these teams. You're talking about people that have sports franchises, uh, you know, uh, football, uh, baseball teams, this and that. So they know what it's like to be able to create a full experience. It's not just, you know, like you're saying, it's not just about the game. I want to be able to experience it and have a good time and have, you know, what else is there? Are there other things that, you know... Uh, that that are going to uh, kind of be tailored towards the fan and their experience. I, I think they're doing a fantastic job with that, and I think it has to do with having that experience with owning uh, some of these professional
1: sports teams. And you know, I will say this: Call of Duty gets a lot of flack by a lot of people. <laughs> some of it deserves, some of it not. But let's not forget that. You know, usually when a Call of Duty game launches, it's not just one of the biggest game launches. It's one of the biggest entertainment launches, just period of that year. So they have that base of players that come back each and every year, every time there's a new installment. You know, millions and millions and millions of players are going up there and, you know, giving them a chance, giving them a chance to... D- form that deeper connection with this game. I think it's just just a plus.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And then kind of moving on uh, over to the Overwatch League, they also had their opening weekend. We end up having uh, New York Excelsior and Vancouver Titans go two and zero, and then and then the rest fills. There are some one and ones and whatnot. Uh, I, I again, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be completely transparent. I did not get a chance to watch the uh, uh, the games uh, this weekend. I did catch some of the. Uh, um, some of the highlights from it, and of course it was exciting. But I'm, I and and you know me, I'm, I am a huge Overwatch fan. I absolutely love it. But uh, uh, it, it was interesting, you know, again just seeing this this opening uh, uh, opening series uh, coming out. And just where people, you know, London ends up going 0-2, and, and, and you see some of the, some of the people that, uh, uh, you know, New York, of course, is, is on top again. Vancouver, of course, is on top again. Uh, right now, I know we're still early into the season. But, I, you know, when we talked about this, I, I believe it was in the first or second episode, but just kind of seeing how uh,
1: the season is going to flesh out. This is a big season for the Overwatch League. You know, yeah, we, like you said, we've talked about this before. There's some some inherent issues that don't have simple solutions. Um, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I love watching Overwatch. You know, one of my favorite games. You know, we've brought it up before, but we we both love playing that game. Mm-hmm. Anytime you can see these teams go at it is a blast. Uh, I'm real interested to see the numbers on this season uh, and just see some of the effects on some of the. Uh, away from the game issues that this league has kind of dealt with and see where they go from there. But, you know, entertaining, entertaining matches all around. And you know what? That's about the best you can ask for right now
0: yeah uh I do have I do have a question for you so what do you think the difference is because uh, I know last week we talked about travel fatigue and, and how that's a, uh, affecting the overwatch league do you do you see that spilling over then into um into like the call of Duty league uh I do know though however like like they had this this past weekend they had uh matches they're gonna take a break this weekend obviously it's the big v-day uh you know Valentine's Day so they're just gonna take a break Break, which I think is smart, and then they're going to pick back up uh, the weekend after. Do you see that becoming an issue then in Call of Duty uh, in the Call of Duty League as well?
1: You know, there's always that danger, uh, especially when you've got teams from outside the country. I mean, even even if the travel was just in in the United States, you know, going from L.A. to New York is is a heck of a, a trip anyway. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think the way Call of Duty has it set up. Might be the best of it right now. So each time, they'll, you'll have eight of the twelve teams competing. So you do that does mean four teams get essentially a bye that week. So at least it's not requiring all twelve teams to be traveling each week uh, for these different home stands. So not a perfect solution, but better, I think, than what Overwatch has in place right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's gonna be.
0: We'll, we'll continue seeing how that develops and what kind of changes or, or kind of solutions that they come up with. Uh, to be able to combat that and make it a little easier for people, but I'm excited. All the seasons are are getting kicked off. We had a couple of other, uh, uh, some some other uh, events that happened as well. The seventh through the ninth was the FIFA E-Club World Cup. Uh, the seventh through the sixteenth, the uh, sixth Invitational 2020. That's Rainbow Six. Eighth through the ninth was the Red Bull Dragon Ball Fighter Z World Finals in Paris. Uh, eighth through the ninth, obviously the Call of Duty League. Uh so it, it you know we we are in full effect as far as esports and I know personally with myself I don't do a lot of esports watching per se I'm definitely going to be diving deeper into that world uh following people we want to you know we would like to be able to um get deeper especially as a podcast especially you know there's people out here in Las Vegas uh that are on that 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 higher pro level. Uh, so we're going to be looking to you know reach out to them, try to have conversations with them, and get a little deeper within the eSports world, not only here in Las Vegas and the events that are happening here, but uh, around the world, really. Because uh, eSports, this, this is that prime hot time where – everybody's in there is a ton of money that is being pumped into esports because other industries are seeing uh, not only the value of it uh, but just seeing that there's there's money to be made in there here's the catch of it though this is there's always a catch right of course (laughs) the catch of it though is when you start getting these corporate dollars pumped into it you start seeing it get a little disingenuous. I feel uh, again, being gamers, we're very much about you know enjoying ourselves, uh, that that community that we enjoy, and and just just people that are going to be authentic. So. It'll be interesting seeing, especially with more money moving into this arena, uh, where they go. I mean, they're gonna keep pushing the dollars in, which is fantastic. As gamers, I love seeing uh, esports and video games, just in general, being spoken about. I mean, years ago, someone, you know, you, you, I, I go and say, "Oh yeah, I've been playing this game," and and you know, this no, you play video games. You know, that's not something now. People are like, oh wow, let me let me, can we talk about it or or this and that? So. It'll be interesting to see uh, where where esports goes, how it continues evolving. I know that uh, Rocket League uh, is another one that uh, uh, people are very much interested in. So I I, I know me personally, I'm going to be trying to to get a little deeper uh, within the esports world and and try to expand my knowledge. Uh, so again, I can come out here and 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 speak a little more intelligently as to what's going on in that world.
1: Yeah, definitely. Me as well. You know, I would say if there's a certain game that you guys want us to dive deep in on, feel free to tell us. We're always open to that kind of feedback, and we'd love to start that conversation. You know, it is always interesting. It's almost cliche to say uh, it'll just be interesting to watch corporate versus community interests going forward. You know, when when that corporate money listens to what the community is saying, of course, it's harmonious. Everyone's happy. There will be those times, though, where corporate interests and community interests are going to diverge a little bit. You know, community, obviously, they love the games that they're playing. They're not necessarily worried about what's benefiting their bottom line. And so I think when a corporation or some of this big money comes in, and they're more worried about getting that return on investment, how will that affect decisions? And how will those decisions go over with the community? I think that's 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 the eternal question that we're all asking i i agree 100 um so we'll we'll continue diving deep into
0: it and and discussing it i I think it's important you know every week to at least kind of go over some of the some of the esports events and stuff that's happening so i'm excited to dive deeper into that world so uh uh yeah that, i mean great conversation again and please guys uh like lucas was say, saying uh hit us up on the socials uh land parties pod or on on twitter or you can hit me up seventy two four four seven, 2447 or lucas egan e g g e n uh on twitter uh, we're on we're on instagram anywhere you can find us we'll drop links uh where we can as well uh let's take a quick little break uh for an ad and we will be right back
1: Ever see an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter what your size is and your shape, Untuck it shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, Untuck it shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Ryan, I've tried some of these shirts It is a godsend. Let me tell you something. There is nothing worse than being in that meeting and (laughs) realizing that your shirt has somehow come untucked and then it just looks awkward as heck. I love these shirts. You can choose from styles like wrinkle-free button downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use, they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your perfect fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck it is the way to go. Visit Untuckit.com and use the code Blue for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com. Promo code Blue for 20% off. And welcome back. Thanks for listening to that message from Untuck It. And we've got a really special interview for you guys. Chris Laporte is just an icon in the local esports scene here in las vegas ryan you know he's had his hand in a lot of stuff uh i think most people would know him from he was the founder of insert coins the uh barcade that i love that place oh man i think a lot of us have great memories at. uh since then he's gone into consulting and just has his hand in a lot of stuff and he sat down with us to talk about all things esports in las vegas and beyond And welcome back to Land Parties, guys. We've got a very special guest with us. I am joined today by Chris Laporte. If you are at all involved in the Las Vegas esports scene, chances are you've heard Chris's name at one point or another, and he's here gracing us with his presence to talk uh, a lot of local
2: esports stuff. Chris, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for the unbelievably kind uh, introduction there. Very overdone, (laughs) but I'll take it where I can get it. Thank you, sir.
1: (laughs) Chris, why don't you share, just in case, you know, people are being introduced to you for the first time, how you came to be
2: involved? Um, So, long story as short as possible, in 2005, I moved to Las Vegas, um, and I went to my first Evo tournament. Uh, I believe that was at Station Casinos. It was Green Valley Ranch. It was in their ballroom. Mm -hmm. Um, Always a big fighting game guy. loved the arcades growing up. Um, Was a part of the Evo community ever since I stepped foot in Las Vegas. Uh, At the time, I was in medical device sales doing orthopedic surgery work, so it was a different world. Uh, In 2011, I said, hey, let's make a video game bar and just kind of chased my dream. I remember walking to Oscar Goodman, the mayor at the time, saying, you know, Las Vegas is the city of entertainment, but you guys are missing a key component here, and I want to bring this video game bar to the city. Um, We had that running for five years. um, As... Insert Coins had its moment in Las Vegas. The esports world was really starting to percolate, uh, and you know, I just was always on my my soapbox, it's like, "Hey, this is big. There's eyeballs on this. There's people watching." You know, at the time, I was in my late 30s, and like, and I'm still playing video games today. I'm 42, uh, but you know, to really watch the growth of esports, you know, working with the Nevada Esports Alliance, just the community that I you know worked with within the Insert Coins world, and the people who I met over those years, I just never stopped putting my time into the scene cause I just believed in it. You know, we hear a lot
1: about the the potential and the growth right. and a lot of the positives there. W- what's the biggest danger? What, what are you most scared of seeing esports head down that might kind of stall some of the progress we're seeing?
2: I think it's happening right now and I'm so happy it's happening. Like I'm literally on the sidelines cheering on the absolute destruction, like in Fight Club, right? Where you're watching <laughs> that building come down. Um, just the Overwatch League, right? You know, it, it, if this if this is no longer seen as you know twenty five million dollars for an esports team is worth every penny. Most gamers, people in this room knew, yeah, probably not, right? It, just, it was just way too much money being thrown at it for this runway to one day being something. Now, do I get upset about it? No, I'm glad it happened because it again validates what we've been trying to do for so many years. And that much money coming into it did allow for a mistake like that to make, right? Mm-hmm. So, some people don't get a second chance. Because of how much money came into it thanks to maybe some pretty shisty prospective, you know, papers on how much money esports will make for everyone, But, wow, thank you that it happened because maybe Overwatch League doesn't succeed, but I'm watching Call of Duty this weekend, and, wow, that's a pretty strong coming out the gates. Is it still worth $25 No, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. But it had a pretty strong, you know, coming out of the gates when it's not really seen as an eSport per se, but maybe it's North America's eSport because, let me just, like, really word vomit. Um, In the past 10 years— Seven of those 10 years, a Call of Duty title was the number one selling title. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? That means there's a community out there. Maybe it's not as organized as some of the ones that we grew up around, but that means there's people out there who play. Mm-hmm. So I'm, while I was frightened about, oh, no, if the Overwatch League falls apart, what are we going to do? It was, oh, wait, to the people who invested in that, that was pocket change. Like, yeah, here's some money. I, have, I own a football team and a baseball team. I'll do an eSports team. Oh, it didn't work? Ah, don't worry about it. We'll put some more money into it until it eventually works it's going to eventually work.
1: I like it. I like it. You know, I know you're a busy guy, but what what's in your future this year? What, what are some projects that, that you're most excited about personally?
2: So I'm most excited about the fact that, you know, the consulting work that we're doing, there's going to be some very cool events that I'm working on right now that we'll have announcements about soon. But that's for other people. Um, I'm really focused on 2020 is the return of Insert Coins. I want the Reset Lounge to come back um, to be a thing and the insert Coins concept to come back I saw it, it was tried to be – people tried to copy it, and it always missed the mark. And there's a lot of reasons why, and I'm not going to say why those reasons are. But if you're a gamer, you know why there's, those reasons happen. And I'm just going to go back to authenticity You know, is key, and community is the other key. We built those things right from the ground up, and we're going to do it again with Reset, which I'm excited about. But until that time happens, I'm just really focused more on just putting more of a spotlight on – Not just eSports, but the general gaming culture as a whole. Mm -hmm. Because I heard you guys love The Last of Us. Mm -hmm. And The Last of Us 2 is coming out. And I can't tell you how many people I have presented that game to who never played a video game. And it's an easier sell now to go to a general person who doesn't normally even talk about it and say, Oh, I do have a PlayStation 4. Yeah, I'll try that out. Cool. Games like Journey, right? that's, That's my therapy. I had a bad day. Give me forty minutes. I'm playing Journey. Then I tell people I do that, and it's no longer. Oh, you're what? What are you talking? To- oh yeah, no, I had that. If- I had that same thing happen to me. As more of these c- conversations happen, as video games are seen, we know how big the numbers are. That's cool. But as we start seeing it as art. As we start seeing it as, you know, the just just new ways of expressing and and kids being able to build their own games. I mean, the indie game scene, we didn't even touch on that. The indie game scene is proof how big this market is just going to continue to grow. And it's, it's more, I want to just keep pushing people who love video games as much as I do. I know I'm not the only one. I'm in this room with you three, well, you two for a total of three, and we're everywhere. It's just... We want. I, I personally want to keep seeing more people have that conversation.
1: Is there anything else you'd like to add right now, Chris?
2: I just love what you guys are doing. And whoever is listening on the RJ, thank you for making this happen. It's vital that we have support from guys like you. It's such a big deal that I, and I will, again, here's my soapbox. I was in front of the Las Vegas Review Journal. I was in front of the RJ, too, probably some five or six years ago. And it's like, start talking about this. And I can't thank you guys enough because you guys are talking about this. Keep talking about this.
1: Oh well, thank you for joining us, and and we'll love to talk soon. I'll be back. <laughs> All right, thank you, Chris.
0: Again, thank you so much uh, for coming in, sitting down, and speaking with us. I know I wasn't, uh, I wasn't in, in, I was here in the room. But I wasn't. I you have no idea. I I wanted to sit down and be like, hold on, let me just come in and ask him a question real quick. But it was awesome being able to speak with him both uh, on on mic and and off mic as well. Uh, Chris has got a, a lot of great ideas, and and I'm excited to continue. Uh, we definitely got to have him
1: back in. Definitely. You know, it's people like him that really get you excited for where esports locally is going to go. I mean, people like him are driving this forward in so many crazy and interesting ways. Absolutely. Now, I want to switch topics here a second. And this is something that this
0: isn't necessarily new. But it's the first time they, they had their official launch. So I don't know if you guys have heard of uh, GeForce Now. Basically, GeForce Now is what Stadia was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> They've been now now now. Let me give you a little context to this. They've been in development here for uh, a couple of years now, and they just came out. They just officially launched uh, the app. This is an app you can play on uh, PC. You can play on your phone. It's that cloud gaming experience, but refined what they did differently from stadia is you can basically port in your library from say steam or origin or something like that there's uh um you can you can port those in and now you can play your games mobile mobily anywhere you don't need it you don't have to go and buy extra games like like stadia uh it's literally taking your your library and and making it mobile and i think that's fantastic that's originally what i thought stadia was going to be until you know we know now that is not the case um but yeah from i haven't had a chance quite yet to be able to test it out i do have a buddy uh newbie one kenobi uh he's been playing around with it and he said it's been pretty fantastic Uh, he said on a solid connection it is smooth he maybe experienced one lag spike um he he said that uh everything he said he felt like he was playing either on his pc or like on a console or something like that which is really encouraging Uh, i saw another article that was talking about even with bad internet connection uh it was still pretty solid it was still playable you can do things and 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 uh not experience just like, I I can't get through this because it's just too much lagging. So I think that's really encouraging. I think I'm curious to see how far they go with this now. And also to see kind of what Google's response to this is. Because I mean, I almost have the feeling like GeForce Now is almost a Stadia killer. Why would I get Stadia, pay for the extra hardware, pay for the games when I can just get GeForce Now? NVIDIA, I'm sorry, but you just stamped
1: out Google Stadia. You know, I'll say this. I don't have any of my friends talking about the Stadia anymore. (laughs) I think we, we talked about it with an initial curiosity. Those conversations turned negative the more we found out. I don't even know that any of my friends picked up a Stadia, if I'm being honest with you guys. I certainly didn't. Um, you know, this does sound like what the Stadia should have been or maybe the original vision we were all sold on. Uh, and I don't know if maybe we... have we were inputting our own vision onto what Stadia was, but I feel like that originally was kind of what they were hinting at. So yeah, I the potential of this is huge. You know, for somebody like me that might have like limited resources, I'm not gonna go out and get the the souped-up PC uh, just don't have the resources right now. You know, I've I've got to be very conscious of where those resources go. Something like this could be huge for a gamer like me. You know, I get to play some of these games that I otherwise wouldn't have gotten to play at the higher settings and get to enjoy them. I love that idea. I love it. I love it. It's encouraging to know that even with maybe not the perfect internet connection that these games are still playable, hopefully that holds up because that— that's the big question, you know, The we not everyone, I would say very few people have the required internet speeds to make it the perfect ideal condition, so whoever finds that and makes these games playable, no matter what your internet condition is, really, that that's like the last hurdle, I think.
0: Yeah, no, and I, I think that's always been the biggest concern as far as with cloud gaming is... That to me seems more of like a infrastructure thing where they need to. And I know that there's companies that are talking about it and making sure that, you know, we're getting Internet out to rural er- areas and and places that you may not be able to get the best Internet. So that to me is always going to be uh, until they figure out a solution Um be the biggest problem as far as with that now there's two there's two roles that you can choose from uh with geforce now there's a free a free 99 uh version it gives you standard access in one hour sessions uh length worth of play time so i don't know exactly what that means like you're just on the clock or you're on the timer once you get into uh the the game i'm not i, I don't know how i feel about that you also have the founders uh edition as well which is uh, five dollars, four ninety nine uh, for the first twelve months. So there's an asterisk there. I don't know what it's going to increase to, but the uh, it's going to give you priority access, extended session length, RTX on, and free ninety day introductory period. I don't know exactly what that means, and this is a limited time. I am going to purchase this though because I want to try it out. This is this is something that you know I, I didn't. Purchase uh, Google Stadia. I had a buddy that did, and he gave me a friend code for it. I set up my destiny. I linked the accounts, and I never played on it (laughs) because I couldn't play on any devices. I don't have a Chromecast. (laughs) I don't have an Android phone. I have a PC, but if I have a PC, (laughs) why would I play Stadia on it? You know, so I'm curious to see what they do. Uh, uh, I know that out the box or out the gate here, uh, they do, they basically. GeForce now supports almost every phone, which is fantastic. Tablets, things like that. So I'm excited to to jump in, do some testing on my own because this is exactly what we were talking about: being able to to have access to your library without physically having to have a PC to do it. I think that opens the door, especially to to uh, uh, these developers, excuse me, to get their hands into more people's games. Or wow. Wow! I, apparently, I I can't English right now. Uh, to get their hand or to get their games into more people's hands, <laughs> you know, which is which is uh, which I think is fantastic. So I'm I'm definitely going to be keeping a close eye
1: on GeForce now. Uh, I I think this could be big, you know. And I th- I think the the real positive thing too is yeah, it can get these games in so many more people's hands. Price is still the barrier to a lot of people for games. You know, it's sometimes I think as we get older, you know, we get hopefully better paying jobs and whatnot. The cost kind of, we take for granted. But man, when you're growing up and and you're on an allowance or you're working your, your high school job, you don't have five, six, $700 right. to throw down plus the cost of games. So, you know, to open up that access is taking away a huge barrier. And yeah, I, I love this idea. Uh, the free edition sounds like a good demo into it. I think that, you know what, it's a good intro to see if it's for you to give yeah. it a try. You know, one one question I have going forward is when you were talking about some of the features, extended play sessions implies to me that that's not unlimited even with the the 499. And I did I did a little digging on that and I believe it is 4 hour play sessions is the extended period. Okay. Do you do you think they're going to have a maybe pricier option where they take away time limits? Uh, if they don't they're they're fools right if they if they don't because I
0: know me and and I think most gamers have had days where they do put in eight 12 hour sessions of a game you know just grinding through so to limit me on on how much I can play on say in a, a device or something like that uh, that's a little off-putting to me but if I think about it if I think about it uh and when I would be using it, I would probably be using it like if I was traveling or something like right. that. So I'm not going to really be putting in extended periods of time when I'm traveling. So maybe it doesn't have as much of a, uh, of an effect unless you're trying to use that as a primary gaming function. If you're trying to use it as a primary gaming function, then yes, there's going to need to be another tier that allows for unlimited time. But of course that's going to Costs you more money,
1: right? And you had mentioned that this could be a Stadia killer. It it certainly sounds like the groundwork is there. Do you think there's a future for Stadia? <laughs> <laughs> I do think there
0: is a future, or there could be a future for Stadia uh however here's my my google google is also known to walk away from projects so i don't know that they're willing to put into work to fully develop it or are they going to just walk away from it if i you know if i was a betting man i would say that they're probably going to walk away from it because from what i'm reading and and what i've seen with GeForce now it is already leaps and bounds further than what stadia is so i don't know the, the, the ball's in your court, Google. We'll see what they got to say, and we'll see what they uh, uh, bring up as far as with that.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny because I'll still see Stadia commercials every once in a while. I'll <laughs> do, I'll, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I'll chuckle to myself a little bit. Uh, the GeForce Now, too, I think their, their messaging is much more on point. Uh, I, you know, half of Stadia's problem was, even as gamers, you know, the more info that was coming out, which is more confusing because we're like, wait, we didn't think it was going to be like that. And so, you know you know what? Clear messaging goes a long ways, too.
0: I, I agree 100%. 100%. and I kind of want to uh, uh, switch topics real quick there was something and we, and we kind of discussed this a little bit too and I, and I spoke about this on the CFG gamecast as well um, there was a development in in China where uh, a mother they they basically created a virtual world and they took this mother who lost her child and they took her into this world and they brought essentially brought the child in there. They they uh, uh, mapped a a, uh, a child and they digitally put this child in there. And it was interesting to me. And we kind of got into the discussion of, you know, is that going too far? Does that start hurting uh, the, the uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The um, just moving on process and being able to move forward? Or do you think that would kind of... Hurt that a little bit and and maybe make somebody, you know, maybe they start spending their whole time in this world trying to interact.
1: You know, let me start by saying if you watch this video, have tissues ready. Absolutely. It is heartbreaking. It is so sad. Oh my goodness. I was not ready for that, not at all. Yeah. You know, to that point, what do people say as one of the negatives to video games? You're spending too much time in a virtual world. My biggest worry is if you put an emotional connection to that, that one you are gonna stop the grieving process from help happening naturally and you're gonna trap these people into wanting to stay in a virtual world. You know, on a on a way less serious subject matter. You look at some of like animes and whatnot, um, you know, you look at something like, like Sword Art Online or something like that. It's always like a plot point, right? You you trap yourself in these in, in these made up worlds. My goodness, I mean and you can't even blame somebody. Like, what grieving parent wouldn't want to stay in a place like that w- with a chance to see your kid again? And uh, it it feels weird at my heart. It feels weird.
0: Yeah, and, and that was the – because, you know it- – within our discussion, I, I could see both points. Um, I could see where it could be detrimental to somebody's healing process and they kind of get sucked into that world and, and, you know, become obsessed with this. But at the same time, there's also that other side where it's like, you know, I never got to say goodbye, uh, to a loved one, or I just want to hear their voice one more time. So I could see the benefits, you know, I, I could see the benefits, but I can also see the drawbacks to it. However, on a, on a, uh, Technological standpoint, I think it's absolutely amazing what yes. they were able to accomplish. If you haven't had a chance, they also this is a Chinese company they they created a documentary. Uh, this was over an eight month period. I highly recommend uh, checking that out because I think this also for just the future of of technology, uh, gaming being able to insert something like this, insert a person or, you know, and, and they didn't, it wouldn't just canned responses. Right. You know, the, the mother was was speaking with her child and the child was answering. So you also had this adaptive learning and we're talking AI now, uh, you know, technology that's also being integrated, which can then, you know, this can be applied to a number of things. Can you imagine what it would do for gaming?
1: Yeah. You know, from the technological standpoint, it is awesome. I mean, It made me think of, uh, the, the basic premise of Detroit, um, and that the Kara demo that they had a while back where, you know, you have a piece of AI that's showing human emotions almost, you know, it made me think of that. It It's exciting to see what they could do going forward with that. Um, you know, if I could add one more thing into the emotional discussion, uh, you know, my, I watched that video with my girlfriend and she's like, you know, I wonder, though, if, if leaving that world is almost like losing them all over again. Yes, and, yes. And I <laughs> That, like, that broke my heart over again. I'm like, yeah, that would be harder. You know, what? what's worse than, than getting, you know, knowing that she's gone but seeing your kid again but then going, oh, gosh, I have to say goodbye again. Like, uh, that's got to mess with your head at some level. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But, yes, from a technological standpoint, oh, my goodness. Like, what could happen going forward? You know, we talk, like, the future of, of AI and games, It's uh, it's got me super pumped for that aspect of it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, I I thought it was it was a pretty. I just wonder. I know it wasn't necessarily gaming centric, uh, but I thought it was an interesting story to talk about. I I definitely think it's something that you know, if it's something that you within that virtual world, within that virtual space, uh, you enjoy that kind of stuff or you want to see where technology is going, I think it's an important video and an important subject uh, to take a look at. So so if you have the time, go ahead and take a look at that and and, and check it out. You you will not regret it It, it is and, and have your, your tissues ready for sure.
1: All right, it's time for a betonline.ag trivia question of the week. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook expert. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for a 50% welcome bonus. Now, Ryan, we talked about Overwatch League before, and so our trivia question this week is, what team or teams are undefeated in Overwatch League? You can send your answers over social media to us, uh, Twitter, Instagram, you know wh- wherever you can reach us. Uh, shoot us an email if you want, and we'll share your right answers on the air. And and we'll be uh, posting those questions uh, on the socials as well. So please uh,
0: check it out. Send us your answers, and uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to make something uh, of this. Maybe maybe we at some point in time we'll do a prize or something like that. But if anything, we'll read it on the next podcast. Uh, who the winner is. Um, so. There you have it, the BetOnline.ag trivia question of the week. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word,
1: for your 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline.ag. And that about wraps it up this week. There is one more topic I'd like to bring up. Uh, There was a local esports tournament over the weekend, the Silver State Smash 2, over at GameWorks at Town Square, if you guys are from Las Vegas. And it was a high school tournament, obviously playing some Super Smash. And my goodness, they had a heck of a turnout. 145 people wow. came out to compete and you know what it is so rewarding and exciting to see especially high school students come out and see the future of esports start to grow and grow
0: absolutely the fact that they're having these events there these are high, you're talking about 100 plus high school students coming together to play some video games competitively I absolutely love it uh congratulations to the winners out there
1: uh to those schools uh I yeah, you know it, and it, it's such a good sign to see the health of uh, esports. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm over here making faces because I I'm sitting here stumbling <laughs> on my own words. Yeah, it's it's great to see the health of esports locally, and you know what? It's it's. More signs that the next generations just the video games are becoming more and more ingrained. It's becoming more and more normalized. And, you know, it's it's not gonna be long before, you know, people are, are playing esports just as as much as they play like football or basketball.
0: Absolutely. So Congratulations to them, and that is going to do it for us. Thank you guys all again for listening, land parties, an eSports and video gaming podcast. Thank you guys. Have a great rest of your week. We love your faces.